Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Say cheese, you're in Costco not wearing your mask, refusing to wear your mask. Does the president have a message for local school officials on dealing with these kind of disputes that are already starting to arise? Trans girls are competing and cis girls. I would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights. But anyone truly interested in real accountability for what happened at the Capitol on July 6th, January 6th, would of course insist on waiting for a full investigation to be completed. Indeed, one is underway in earnest already. Houghton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. It is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here, she's trying to, but I'm here live, I'm not a cat. (laughs) None of us here are cats on the Burn Barrel Podcast. Good afternoon or good morning, whatever it is for you. What a great day today is. It is a great and interesting day. There's only reason to be happy and enthused and uh, reinvigorated because stuff is okay. And that uh, that cat that was in a <laughs> um, court in Texas in uh, what county? It's a real Texas-sounding county. What was the county? District judge. That's Brewster County. The last frontier, it's called Brewster County. That is, uh, yes, John Roy B. Ferguson, I believe, is the judge presiding. 394th Judicial District Court. Mm-hmm. And uh, now everything's done on Zoom meetings. So what you heard there was the, um, it was the two lawyers and the judge doing whatever their court stuff they were doing. And uh, one of the lawyer had a filter on. I assume one of his kids put the filter on, a video <laughs> filter on, you know, Zoom, that made his... <laughs> <laughs> that actually made him into a cat. So he had a cat's head. So when he spoke, the cat's mouth would mouth the words. And the eyes were moving back and forth. <laughs> As the cat tried to figure out how to troubleshoot the problems with the settings on the video because the the filter was on there. So I, you know what? It's interesting. There aren't too many times when, especially, and all these guys are probably over 50 years old. There aren't too many times when you're, and especially if you've been out in the world enough, when you're in a totally new situation, totally new, no one right. is prepared. Has no one has been <laughs> trained on what to do if one of the lawyers is a cat? No one, no one knows what to do. The other lawyer doesn't know how to handle that. He didn't see that coming. The judge doesn't know how to handle that. The cat himself. <laughs> It feels at a, certainly a disadvantage, if not, I would say it's a huge uh, feeling of um, of um, a, a huge deficit. I would say. I mean, I don't think that he's thinking. Okay, this 
new cat me is going to be better at law than me beforehand. He probably feels like he is, he probably has a creeping, irking sensation that he, the judge will see what he's, his persona as disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, surely that's a, there's a chance that the judge may not be pleased. There's a chance that the cat's client might not be pleased. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's, it's, and that's tough too, because judges, I don't know if you've even, I just had jury duty. That's really about the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen judges just rip into people. They are vicious. They're vicious yeah. to people in the dock. They're vicious to bailiffs. They're they're vicious to court officers. They're vicious yeah. to lawyers. If you screw up, they can go at you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would think that probably even the most vicious person in the world doesn't have it immediately know to be triggered by a cat who's talking to him. <laughs> But that's what happened today, and this is excellent. This is this is important, important news. So this is the judge who's noticing, and the thing is, the judge notices. It says, "By the way, I think you may have a filter on because you're a cat." And the guy, lawyer, says, "Ah, yeah, we're working on it because he knew he had to be there on time no matter what. So he's as the time. It's like." You know, it's 8.57 and 30 seconds, 8.57 and 50 seconds, 8.58 and 20 seconds. And he's going through, please make me not be a cat here. But I have to show up. I can't not show up because then I'm in deep kimchi. It's like when you show up to work really sick but because you have to prove that you're actually sick. In order, and I mean, I know nobody shows up to work sick anymore because of COVID, but like back in the before times, well, if you were worried about your job or like calling out too much, and so if you actually were sick, you would go in sick so that your boss would like be like, okay, no, no go No, but home, it's worse you know? than that. It's having to know you have to be at work. So it's like me having to go to work and having no clothes here, but your bikini <laughs> and saying, oh my God. It will be horrific and it will be inappropriate <laughs> if I show up in this bikini. And that's many points off. And I will certainly <laughs> earn the consternation and um, and perpetual side eye from everybody I work with forever. That said, I have to show up and clock in on time. Mm-hmm. So it's the pluses and minuses. You've got to be in a special place in your mind to have to do it. So the guy, the lawyer... Shows up in the Zoom meeting on time as a cat. I wonder if there was part of him that was saying, there's a chance he doesn't notice. He doesn't notice that I'm a cat. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to... Uh, oh. Take, take a- <laughs> oh, God, sir. <clears throat> And even the judge saying, um, <laughs> I believe, unless for the first time in my career, a cat has passed the bar exam and is now standing in front of me, I believe, but I no disrespect if you indeed are a feline handling this case, but I believe that you may, it's a filter. That's what we're going with here. We think that is. Trying to, we're tr- can you hear me, judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, it is, and I don't know how to remove it. But you said we have to show here in person with the cameras on, and I couldn't just do this shut camera off and be an icon thing. And So this is what I have right now as cat lawyer. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. <laughs> I will do it, sir. <laughs> I don't I want you to think I'm not prepared. That's mine that I'm dressed as a huge flamingo that's, uh, you know, shooting smoke out of my ears with Roman candles, uh, you know, Roman candle in my mouth. I realize that could be a distraction, but I don't want you to think that I disrespect you enough to not be prepared. I'm prepared. I'm prepared to do this anyway. That's fine. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. If that's not throwing yourself on the mercy of the court, oh you know, I'm not. There's really a person here 
and I've showed up on time. I've done everything I'm supposed to. <laughs> this <laughs> affliction that's been uh, wrought upon me was not of my own doing on purpose. I assure you, sir, I'm ready to do this. I can I can see that. So there you go. That's about as much as there is. But this is a it's a new kind of low. I'm not a cat. You know, when you have to plead, you know, even though what you're seeing seems entirely inappropriate and shocking, really, probably to a lot of people watching right now, including my client, like you said, and including the prosecution, who all assumed that the defense attorney would not be a cat. I realize this, but damn it, you know what? I'm not a cat. I'm a human being. I'm not a cat. So I like that guy, cat lawyer. It feels like some weird dystopian fairy tale, like where, you know, somebody gets turned into something by the evil fairy, and then they have to go around and be some humble creature, and everybody thinks that they're not a human, and really they are. (laughs) But Except, like, the only way we interact with a lot of people now is by Zoom. So if your Zoom traps you as a cat, then you're just a cat for... You know, for the purposes of everybody in the world. And it's like you have to call it, I'm, no, I'm not really a cat. I'm really a person and, like you. And you know that, um, you know, um, hold on, I have to, my, uh, my brother, I have to message him. Uh, uh, but yeah, I can't imagine. It's like such a weird nightmare showing up to school without having put pants on situation that you have to like in watching the clock tick and trying to figure out how to turn off the filter and realizing that you're just going to be a cat in the courtroom today it's um yeah uh, i can't and now he's viral on the internet so right now he's never going to live this down the rest of oh, his no. life and you know and this is how this happens this is how this happens his day he prepared for this case he is reading. Everything's going well. He got a haircut. He's been working out anyway. He's um, he's feels confident about this case. He knows this judge is a stickler. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to be on my Zoom early. I am going to be ready. I am going to be everything. <laughs> and you know, he probably spent like the night before, he was up making sure that his background was really cool and academic looking. All sorts mm-hmm. of books up there. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, a bust of Benjamin Franklin. Everything you're supposed to have. Right. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect uh-huh. except one thing. Except yeah. that he was a cat. <laughs> yeah. And probably, like you said, it probably is a kid situation or he sounded maybe a little older, maybe even a grandkid situation where somebody <laughs> decided to be a cat. Some four-year-old <laughs> thought it was cute. And, and it must have been shocking for him to say, to <laughs> to look when he finds he got video ready, to look, to see there's a cat in one of the windows. <laughs> And to see whenever he asked about it, it was asking about it at the same time. <laughs> and it mimicked him perfectly. So that's our favorite guy. He's the I'm not a cat guy. He'll probably be. In the old days, this guy would be on David Letterman, you know, tonight. I'm not a cat. But uh, who knows? Who knows? So what else is going on, Alice? Uh, Jen Saki was oh. out, asked about opening the, sh- the uh, schools today. By a reporter, and uh, this is the answer. It seems like a very aggressive attack by the uh, Biden administration to get those schools open. They have deemed that those mm-hmm. schools are safe now, and they want those schools open. We are everybody's going back. So opening up schools swiftly and safely. Mm-hmm. Could you help us understand what the White House is or what the president's definition of open schools is? Does it mean teachers in classroom teaching students in classroom, or does it just mean? Kids in classroom with a remote screen. Help us understand. Sure. Help us understand which form of union manipulation and actual school minimalization uh, is going to appear before us here. Because we'll humor you here. We know you're saying open schools. What do you mean? His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50%, open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching. Seems open to me. Yeah. 50% 50% open by day 100 of his presidency. In classrooms. Some teachers will be in classrooms, she just said. Right. I mean, you might have thought that uh, having the schools back by April 30th meant all schools. But, okay, 50% plus one, the majority of schools. Okay, we're editing down the definition here, but okay. Some, right. Some, in some, April 30th, and then it is May. 
and then there's June. And, and then in, the teachers are off again. Right. And then June, we go home. Or right. we stay home, as a matter of fact. So at least one day a week. Hopefully it's more. Well, pardon me? <laughs> How many days a week? How many days? Wait a second. How many school days are there a week traditionally? Like last five. year? Five. Five. Okay. So is one five? One is not five, right? Um. There you have been math changes to math. There have been changes to math in recent years. Um, so, but I think I think that's still true that one is not five. So, Alice, one to me, one seems like it's about one fifth of five. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Or uh, is that also known as twenty percent? Mm-hmm. Okay. So half the schools will be open twenty percent of the time. Of the time. <laughs> And obviously it is as much as is safe in each school and local district. So half the schools will be open a fifth of the time, <laughs> maybe. All right. I'm teaching. That's the, you didn't use the same majority qualifier there. You just have to have some teaching in school, some teachers in school, not the majority of teachers in school and the majority of classrooms. Well, teaching at least one day a week um, in the majority of schools by day 100. Okay, and that's in-person teaching. In-person teaching, yes. Okay, thank you. Right. Sure. Go yes, ahead. you're absolutely. You absolutely. They will be there in person one day a week. So you will get approximately one tenth of your taxpayer investment in the schools because exactly. it will be twenty percent of fifty percent of the schools will be open. So that's yes. you know one out of every ten of your school dollars will be used for what it's supposed to be getting used for, which is educating children. So where's the other money going then right now? Well, the teachers are still all making full salaries. Oh, okay. Everybody's still all... And, and all the administrators and the school nurses and okay. everybody. Like, and the school is closed, but the school nurse, who doesn't even, like... Like, teachers, at least, are still... They're still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. In some cases, that their remote learning jobs are more work than they signed up for in regular and school. And that money is allocated to the uh, maintenance of the schools as well? Yep, the maintenance of the schools, the administrators at the schools, so all the like it, the school librarian, least, everybody's at, all at still. At least once a year, schools are prepared prepared to be opened for the first time, right? This is a lot of math, I understand. At least once a year, mm-hmm. schools are prepared to be opened for the first time. Mm-hmm. Is that true or false? I'm the cat lawyer now. Question. <laughs> this is a deposition. Um, true. So maintenance crews uh-huh. will... Make sure to get the schools ready to open mm-hmm. once a year. Mm-hmm. But the schools aren't ready to open yet. Well, not all schools anyway. Yeah. Okay, but some of the schools aren't ready to open mm-hmm. yet. So why wouldn't since there since we should have an extra open day in our back pocket now since we didn't have one this fall. So why wouldn't the schools be ready to open? Why wouldn't we have wash stuff yet? When we usually do at least once a year without fail. Yeah, I mean, they have washed stuff, but they, <clears throat> because of COVID, they want to be prepared to wash it more often than usual, which could mean more money than usual. Okay. So. So there's no money to wash stuff again. <laughs> I mean, not as much as they think they need to, like, sanitize the school every other day or whatever. So, for example, our school district has kids going in every other day, which seems to me the least mm-hmm. efficient way to do this, but that's okay. But um, <clears throat> they have kids going every other day to school, like what group A and group B, right? Cohort. Um, and they they sanitize the school in between each group. Okay. My next question. Mm-hmm. Are the Walmarts open every day? Yes. Okay. And do they manage to be adequately clean every day in the eyes of regulators and health officials? Yeah, and customers. Yes. Okay. Because people are going in them. <clears throat> people of all ages, not majority kids, mm-hmm. which would be much safer if it was just right, kids. Right, right. Okay. So the schools can't be clean, but everybody else and everything else in this country can be clean. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Including small pizza joints that have to be clean due to regulations, mm-hmm. many of which are not to be open. Right. But they want to be because they're clean and ready. Mm-hmm. 
And the private schools somehow are open. Are open. They got their money, and somehow they're managing to clean mm-hmm. without a government infusion of more money. Right. Okay. So we can expect that one fifth of schools will be open. No, half of schools. No, half of schools will be open. One fifth of the time. Okay. By May, essentially, one fifth of the time. Mm-hmm. So half of schools will be open um, by the fifth month of the year, one-fifth of the time? hmm Okay. At Excellent. least we're setting solid benchmarks. Yeah. No, that's. I think it's one. <laughs> I mean, and I don't even know, like, what percentage of schools is open right now. Because in Massachusetts, most schools are open at least part of the time. You know what I mean? I mean, that's... Yeah. Like our school, technically our school, I suppose, is open 80% of the time because they're open four days a week, two days for one set of kids and two days for the other set of kids. I'm not a cat. All right. <laughs> um, another Jen Psaki news. She was asked about the, uh, she got another re- uh, question from a reporter about transgender rights. Okay. And the, this question is, unfortunately, you're going to hear this. Unfortunately, these questions are getting hard to pose because... You have to adopt new, dumb, progressive vocabulary in which to do it, so you're no longer really speaking English. Mm -hmm. So this is tough for the reporter to get out, but you tell me how thoughtful and deep and substantive the uh, response from Jen Psaki was over an issue that many hold uh, very dear to their hearts. Mm-hmm. on President Biden's transgender rights executive action, specifically when it applies to high school sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, what message would the White House have for trans girls and cis girls who may end up competing against each other uh, in, in sparking some lawsuits and some concern uh, among parents? So this administration have guidance for schools on dealing with disputes arising over trans girls competing against and with cis girls i'm not sure what your question is because it's not the obvious one that everybody would be asking why are boys competing against girls even right. though we're calling things things that they aren't trans girls and cis girls. so james is pretending i can't imagine what the question would be what would be the controversial thing about that that would anybody would ask about i don't understand yeah. hmm. what it would be whatsoever would it be that my daughter can't compete because some idiot named dave has to run <laughs> alongside her I mean, he might not be an idiot. Maybe he's a nice guy, but but he might be stupid. That's fine. Um, or or or, I mean, what other question is there around this right, that's, situation? That's the concern. Yes. The president's executive order. Has- I'm familiar with the order, but what what was your question about My it? Question is: Does the president have a so this? That is a coyness, uh, yeah. a haughtiness. A smugness. What could possibly yes. be controversial about yes, I know, this order? Yes, I know the order, and we've all vetted the mm-hmm. order. Nobody has a problem with the order. I mean, it just makes sense. As the sun, as the sun rises, the, this makes sense. It's the same thing. A message for local school officials. It doesn't help the reporters asking it like a wuss either. Right. You know, what message are you sending with trans girls and cis girls who mm-hmm. may have a... Uh, convergence of um, issues and, and may feel underserved in the lit- uh, litigation that may result as... A, it's like, Jesus, just say the question just that, say that it. everybody knows is the problem. So in dealing with these kind of disputes that are already starting to arise between uh, you know, trans girls who are competing and cis girls and a level playing field, it's particularly in high school sports when it leads to... You shut up, by the way. ...college scholarships. Is there- so this should get a substantive response, mm-hmm. it seems to me. It's a valid question. Right. Is there any kind of messaging or clarification that the White House wants to give on the executive... And it really deserves a substantive answer because the reporter has been speaking for 45 mm-hmm. minutes now trying to enunciate a question. I would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights, and that's why he signed that executive order. Uh, And in terms of the determinations by universities and colleges, I certainly defer to them. Uh, Go ahead in the. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, why why aren't girls' rights human rights? No, just trans rights. What happened to that? How about girls' rights? rights. What about Title IX, the rights of girls to uh, benefit from the educational system? 
unhindered uh, by anybody yeah. else. And I mean, I think there's also a fair question to be asked, which is, you know, I think you could possibly, if you're being obtuse, claim that, like, we don't know yet if, you know, trans girls that have been on hormone therapy their whole lives and have never gone through male puberty that you know maybe they don't have an advantage or something and like but i think that the question needs to be asked like if the science if we go through this and it turns out that all the running scholarships are won by trans girls all the you know it, it's more pro, it's more of a problem in some sports than others. All the swimming scholarships are won by trans girls. If all if all the girls' sports scholarships and achievements and awards start to be won by trans kids, as you know, as there's been an absolute huge um, like explosion of kids um, coming out as trans in recent years, you know, we don't really have an answer to how prevalent it's going to be because one of the talking points that trans activists use is that, you know, oh, plenty of trans kids play sports and aren't beating all the girls. Well, yeah, because you have to be pretty elite to beat all the girls because some of the girls are really good athletes, right? But it's something like the top 15 or 20% of boys beat every girl runner. So it does have to be already an elite Boy, I mean, like, you could decide to become a high school girl, but you wouldn't beat all the high school girls in running. Says you. <laughs> I mean, so it's not that every boy who dis- who comes out as trans is going to be a threat to women's sports. But if you have enough boys come out as trans, then some of them are going to start to beat all the girls, just be- just statistically speaking. So, you know, I think you have to ask liberals, like... You know, at what point would this be a problem to you? If the science ends up showing after doing this for a decade, if it ends up showing that, you know, women, cis women do lose scholarships, you know, will th- would that be a cause for you to reconsider this policy? You know, are you willing to follow the science on this where it leads over time as we see the results of this policy? Are you willing to reconsider it? And if the answer is no, if the answer is just no, trans women get to be in girls sports no matter what, 100 percent. It doesn't matter if they, you know, crowd out all the cis women from winning anything. Uh, then then I think that answers the question of what the point of the policy is right there. It's not about fairness at all. And I, I think that will be the result of this policy over time. St- just statistically speaking, there it's not – it can't be. Once you have enough boys in the track and field events, cis girl or trans girls in the track and girls track and field events, you know, cis girls can't win. You know, you can have some in there and and cis girls will still win some. But you can't you can only have so many before statistically you start to have ones that can beat literally every girl ever born. So that's and I don't I don't think that this policy for all they're willing to tell you that it's all science and this and that. And, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends X, Y, Z for gender dysphoria all day long. But if the science ends up showing that what everybody thinks this is going to do to girls' sports comes true, then, you know, will you care? Or is it just about the activism? Because I think it's right. just about the activism. I don't think they care. They're willing to argue with you on how bad it is for girls' sports. But at the at the, at the end of the day, bottom line, they don't care what it does to girls' sports. No. And I right. think that's the, that's the problem. And that's what's so disingenuous. Well, trans rights are human rights. La, 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 la. Like, we don't... It's... But- but people, I mean, this is. But people the, care about sports, you know. Yes, and there's a reason these that these there was an evolution onto how uh, sports, you know, came to be came to be populated by the both sexes, and why a lot of sports, most sports, aren't coed. Mm-hmm. You know, people looked at it. People know as you know this. There's a reason for this stuff. Right. And they know, and they're putting that aside. But the problem is, and you've got it with, with Maura Healy here in Massachusetts, is they scoff at you for even asking the question. Right. Even asking the question. then Because you're just a bigot. Just exactly. A bigot. Exactly. We believe it. trans rights are human rights is a, is a slogan. So stop asking about your daughter. Trans rights are human rights. And that's, that's, that is a problem. And that is ugly and dark. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of thing. 
I don't know what Biden's belief in this stuff. I'm sure he knows it's horse bleep, but he's been a transactional politician his whole life. He knows you got to sell, take some ugly stuff if you're going to mm-hmm. take some cash from the people, purveyors of the ugly stuff. But her, Saki's dismissal as the front facing, you know, face of this administration, mm-hmm. her dismissal of such questions. I don't understand the question. What do? We, yes, I know. I know the. I know the executive order. Yeah. What's the question? Possibly, her attempt to minim, minimize real concerns. Mm-hmm. That is an, an, an ugly arrogance that hits people viscerally. Right. When they're not being listened to and they're being pushed around and their loved ones are being pushed around, and that ain't good. And we played it yesterday, and she did the same thing, of course, about the about the green jobs, just dismissing it. When is it that the Biden administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job? And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, there is now a gap. So I'm just curious when that happens, when those people can count on that. Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you can present that. What a flippant blow off of a question. Are are, are oil industry, energy jobs, uh, you know, workers' rights, Mm -hmm. not human rights as well? You said that they would be getting green jobs, so I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a... He's asking just when. You're destroying the industry right now. You're starting to incrementally do it. You're stopping, the obviously, the Keystone Pipeline, but also on fracking, federal fracking lands right now. So you're mm-hmm. snuffing out careers right now. What are you going to replace them with? It's just a human question. Who cares if it's Peter Ducey asking? It's just a human question. Friend, longtime friend mm-hmm. of Joe Biden says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying, here's where we are creating the jobs. So there's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Would you like to include the rest? So so how about this? Uh, The Laborers International Union of North America said the Keystone decision will cost 1,000 existing union jobs and 10,000 projected construction jobs. Well, what Mr. Trump also indicated in the same interview was that President Biden has proposed a climate plan with transformative investments in infrastructure and laid out a plan that will not only create millions of good union jobs, but also help tackle the climate crisis. And as the president has... Indi- it's good that you have a... Uh- a readout of Trumpka's words there, mm-hmm. but can you, on behalf of the administration, address the gap, address the situation that we have now with people not having another choice, not having a replacement mm-hmm. for their jobs and their livelihood? Can you do that for the people you care about? When he gave his primetime address uh, to talk about the American Rescue Plan, he talked about his plans to also put forward a jobs plan uh, in the in the weeks or months following. And he has every plan to do exactly that. Yeah, it'll just be weeks or months or whatever, years. It's fine. It's coming. We're putting people, kids back in schools immediately mm-hmm. in four months. Uh, well, just a fifth of the kids or one day a week or whatever it is. I can't remember all the fractions. But uh, there are people living paycheck to paycheck. There are now people out of jobs once the Keystone Pipe, out of jobs once the Keystone Pipeline uh, stopped construction. It's been 12 days since Gina McCarthy and John Kerry were here and it's been 19 days since that EO. So what are these people who need money now? When do they get their green job? Well, uh, the the president and many Democrats and Republicans in Congress believe that investment in infrastructure, building infrastructure uh, that's in our national interests uh, and that boosts the U.S. economy, creates good-paying union jobs here in America and advances our climate and clean energy goals are something that we can certainly work on doing together. And he has every plan to uh, share more about his uh, details of that plan in the, in the weeks ahead. But mostly F you, Peter, because you're not getting the information because we don't give a frig. Okay. It's not happening. These are vaporware jobs right now. We've got a grand vision ahead of the most incredible situation in the world. It's transformative what we're doing. These great green uranium, green hydrogen jobs and all these jobs of wind technicians and solar technicians. And all of these things are going to be wonderful in startups. And we've reimagined energy now. It doesn't matter what's happening there with guys who wear uniforms mm-hmm. and name tags right now and Keystone and all those. Screw that. We have a great awesome progressive agenda that makes us look 
great around the world. It makes people in Davos think we're awesome and makes uh, we use this crazy. Oh, I want we use this uh, advanced parlance that you stupids won't understand. And it's the greatest thing in the world. And trust us, it's just going to be the greatest thing in the world. Like we said yesterday, it's a, it's like Fire Festival. It's going to be the greatest time in the world. You know, you're going to have Ja Rule mm -hmm. there, and it's going to be uh, models all over the place, and you're going to have cabanas, and it's going to be the best time in the world. That was Fire Festival. We're having Hire Festival here. And just trust us, it's going to be the greatest single event the world could ever know. Stop asking questions, Peter. The actual experience exceeds all expectations. And there's something that these things that may seem big and impossible are not. It gives people that type of energy, that type of power. We're dealing with this existential threat to the planet. When I think of climate change, I think of, and the answers to it, I think of jobs. Wind turbine technicians, they could be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. Millions of new jobs in clean energy. There's a lot of money to be made in the creation of these new jobs. Millions of good paying union jobs. Good paying union jobs. New jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. Those workers will be able to transition into jobs where they still invest and live in their own communities. Geothermal heat, whether it, whatever it's going to be, uh, those are jobs. And it means opportunities that we're going to lay out in this executive order that grow new jobs. The same worker who works in South Carolina today putting together a BMW can put together a car, but it's electric. Solar power technician. The actual experience exceeds all expectations. So shut up. Stop asking questions about what or where or when. Didn't you hear? It's going to be a, a rethought, reimagined job landscape with all sorts of solar. No, Pepper's knocking my camera. Oh, uh oh, no, no, Pepper. Solar and wind, Pepper. Solar and wind and all these wonderful things. So don't ask about these stupid people working in pipelines or people who are working on oil rigs and who wanted to work in new fracking locations. Don't worry about that. It's incredible. We're not, no, Peter, we're not taking questions on that. I'm not wasting my time on that. Yeah, well. Fine, Peter. If you want to present the data, whatever, your data, you know, your question in answering where do people put food on the table and how do people deal with the fact that they had a bright and fruitful and bountiful future ahead of them and we're taking that away, that's so boring. Ugh, there's nothing West Wing about that. What's exciting in West Wing is this new frontier of wonderful, clean jobs we're doing and we're going to be carbon neutral and we can fly everywhere because we're those kind of peoples. We're, there's somebody like us. So we need to do all that stuff. You just shut up and don't bother us about that. It is wonderful. It is wonderful to be so detached and to mm -hmm. live, you know, in a land of sprinkle dust and freaking unicorns and <laughs> green jobs. Jen Psaki will always get a job as a hack in, around, in and around D.C. where they'll never have a recession She'll never have to worry about a damn thing. So she doesn't care about deleting jobs in North Carolina, North Dakota and whatever. All of these people, all of these, John Kerry, they'll never have to worry. You're getting away, you're getting in the way of their dream, of this mm -hmm. wonderful vision they have for the future. And it would be, you know. Yeah. It, it, and I mean, like, what does our culture say? Like, block out the haters. You know, don't yeah. listen to that talk. I'm deleting toxic people from my life this month. Yeah. Get rid of the hater. You know, like you can just get rid. You don't have to hear debate. You don't have to hear other sides. I mean, that's how people end up in cults. And this climate change stuff is nothing if not a cult, you know. It's all like, get rid of the toxic people, get rid of the doubters, get rid of the haters, people who just say, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. That's that's not the kind of thing that moves us forward. Like, I mean, sometimes you need people who have doubts about what you're doing. If right. it's stupid, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about uh, you know Jack Parkman, who's six six, uh, you know, playing against my daughter in field hockey. Trans rights are human rights. Oh, but I'm still worried about you know Jack Parkman playing against my daughter, who's uh, you know five five. Trans rights are human rights. That's all it is. See that symbol? Didn't that feel good? That's all that matters. We're all symbolically doing feel-good stuff. We're doing it gambling with your livelihood because you're stupid and didn't go to all the great schools we went to. So our livelihoods, we're not gambling. We're going to be fine. We'll always get our own hack right. jobs. That's fine. It's remarkable. We are happy to experiment with your dumb little lives. 
and we'll feel good about the experiment. Like we were happy to experiment this summer <laughs> when we destroyed the black community and uh, and uh, black businesses and made more, uh, you know, produced and unleashed a crime wave on those communities. But we feel good about it. It's about us feeling good. And saying green new energy and, and uh, green hydrogen makes us feel good. So shut up and don't ask any more questions about it or we'll be arrogant to you, okay? That's all it is. This is a high school if it's not freaking kindergarten. So the impeachment is happening today, mm -hmm. Alice. Uh, I'll go through it just briefly. I could not be less interested I know, in the story. I'm I know not... people are being like, wow, this is history. And I just, yeah. like, I, I can't yeah, imagine and, and, uh, being and, interested in this. Right. And Jamie Raskin from Maryland, um, one of the House managers, he un he released a video today that showed the, the all the stuff. It's all this footage I've already seen. Of course, it's it, they, I knew he would, but they omitted Trump saying, go to the Capitol peacefully. Mm -hmm. They just got rid of that because, you know, why keep that in the film? They shouldn't have that stupid because people will know that now that it's not in there. But, you know, it's it's everything you think. It's the same mm -hmm. old stuff. One thing that was pretty much universally uh, taken away from this first day is that uh, Trump's lawyer, Bruce Castor, is not good at lawyer stuff. I, I, I don't would get, think I would have uh, got the cat guy. I think that I want to give my colleague, Mr. Sean, an opportunity to explain to all of us the, the legal analysis on jurisdiction. I'll be quite frank with you. We changed what we were going to do on account that we thought that the House manager's presentation was well done. Maybe less frank. And I wanted you to know going forward, that Bruce. we have responses to those things. But mostly, I we're not prepared enough uh, to was. deal with that, so we'll probably take a loss here. It was interesting. It was OAN or was it, um, um, it Newsmax, I think, mm -hmm. that actually was playing Bruce Castor, one of Trump's attorneys here, speaking, and broke in with Alan Dershowitz. Because we feel pride and something bad is potentially in the wind. And we expect our United States senators not reacting to popular will and not reacting to popular. Uh, and uh, we just want to take a moment here to break down some of what's being discussed, because we do have Alan Dershowitz standing by, uh, Professor Emeritus uh, Alan Dershowitz at Harvard Law. Uh, what are you what are you making of Bruce Castor's argument so far? Where is he heading with this? There is no argument. I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I have no idea. Why he's saying what he's saying, There's you know, discussion. he's introducing himself. I'm a nice guy. I like my senators. I know my senators. Senators are great people. Come on. The American people are entitled to an argument, a constitutional yeah. argument. I suspect will be forthcoming from David Schoen. Uh, but this just after all kinds of very strong presentations on the part of the House managers with the videotapes, and the emotional speech by Congressman Raskin, my former student. Mm -hmm. He's always uh, noticed You know, that. you get up there and you respond. Uh, we know that hard cases make bad law. I probably would have started with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Uh, Dersh is disgusted. The other pre the lawyer for Trump, David Schoen, made uh, at least some cogent points. Esteemed members of the Senate, going forward with this impeachment trial of a former president of the United States is unconstitutional. For reasons we have set out in our brief, some of which we'll focus on here, and as a matter of policy, it is wrong, as wrong can be for all of us as a nation. We are told by those who favor having these proceedings that we have to do it for accountability. But anyone truly interested in real accountability for what happened at the Capitol on July 6th, January 6th, would of course insist on waiting for a full investigation to be completed. Indeed, one is underway in earnest already, intent on getting to the bottom of what happened. Anyone interested in ensuring that it's truly the one or ones responsible from whom accountability is sought would more than willingly wait for the actual evidence, especially with new evidence coming in every day about pre-planning, about those who were involved, and about their agenda bearing no relationship to the claims made here. So, I mean, yeah, that is a good point actually. Like No, it's a very good point. That they're busting people for planning this 
in advance. So how can they have been incited by his speech that day? Well, right. And, and that is a good point. But the other point is that he said, how can we do this without an investigation? Right. Because you'd want all the facts. Mm-hmm. But we know the reason why we're doing this without an investigation. Yeah, because the Democrats said they were going to impeach Trump and now they're going to stick with it, even though it's dumb now because he's not even in office anymore. Right. Well, it, yes, that's that's part of it, indeed. But also because the Democrats want this over with. Yeah. They want this over with. There's no great political win in this. This is just a, 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 like a formality to, to stick a fork in mm-hmm. Trump. This is not a win. The the Biden uh the Biden stimulus COVID relief is polling well. Mm-hmm. They want to get to do that. Right. That's good stuff. That could be winning stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Although they're screwing that up too. People are starting to get mad because the discussion of how far to lower the the cutoffs for the uh additional fourteen hundred dollars that people were assured if they voted for the Georgia senators would be coming their way, uh has been there's a it's up in the air what that cutoff's going to be 50 100,000 dollars right. there's no i mean and that's you know that's your what you made in 2019 before the pandemic happened so it it doesn't necessarily mean that's what you what happened to you during the pandemic mm-hmm. that's a problem for a lot of people well and this is what happens when you vote in an administration and policies that you never looked at right and so this administration knew you weren't looking and this – obviously, I voted for Trump, whatever, but but I have an open mind about the Biden administration. I would hope that they do some stuff well. I'm glad that we're – he's not calling anybody horse face. That is a good thing. I like the dogs. Um, so far, but, he has not acu- accused right. anyone of killing their intern. Right. So far. <laughs> so. But, um, but they have had since day one a string of unforced errors. Some of them have been, just been deliberate right. screw you's. But they have rolled out so much so badly. Mm-hmm. And it, it's always tempting to say, imagine this was the Trump administration. And the Trump administration did the same, had trouble too with the travel ban and this and that. And they were, but it's not unique to Trump. And it's happening now every day, which is why you've, you've put the press corps in a position of having to ask you questions about things. Having to ask about mm-hmm. all these executive orders, which are screwed people who work in energy. And it's going to screw women, girls who want to compete in sports. Uh, the Jamie Raskin thing, I just have a little piece of it here. His daughter was visiting uh, the Capitol when it was uh, when the hooligans got in there. And he's one of the house managers. He knew that you don't uh, let an opportunity like this uh, go. And uh, maybe he's just a really good man. But I, anybody in Washington, D.C., I always assume that they're being just opportunistic. But maybe, you know what, Alice? Maybe we have to learn to take the... Um, uh, good with the bad. I'm trying. There's a, there's an analogy that has to do with food. Vinegar, vinegar, lemon. I don't know. All right. So here's a little bit of Jamie Raskin. And I told my daughter Tabitha. Who's 24 and a brilliant algebra teacher in Teach for America. Now. I told her how sorry I was and I promised her that it would not be like this again the next time she came back to the Capitol with me. And you know what she said? She said, Dad, I don't want to come back to the Capitol. And there go the waterworks, and that's why you get Trump's, it seems like, semi-substitute teacher, uh, musty old attorney saying, wow, that was really good up there sitting, <laughs> which you don't generally hear. But yeah, this is this thing is essentially over. Well, also, I don't know the- like some of the people that... Uh- the Trump people have put forward as saying that you can't impeach a a president who's out of office um, already had like gone to the media before this happened and said that Trump's lawyers were misrepresenting their work and you absolutely can't impeach a president after he leaves office. So yeah, like it it was bad form all around. They were not prepared. Yeah. They were prepared for something, but it wasn't this. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. You know what else? There's one, one thing that they had going for them is they didn't have this problem. I'm not a cat. They didn't come in as cats at least, which is probably a plus, but this is GOP Senator Bill Cassidy. And uh, if he's not a good barometer for the bleep show, that was the Trump defense team. Why do you think that? Trump defense team did a, a terrible did job. Did you listen to it? I did. Okay, then you, you, it speaks for itself. I found Pastor hard to follow for sure. 
other Republicans have praised Schoen. Is that your feeling of things, or did you think Again, that his argument? if you listen to it, it speaks for itself. It was disorganized, random, had nothing. They talked about many things, but they didn't talk about the issue at hand. And so if, uh, if, you, if I'm an impartial juror and I'm trying to make a decision based upon uh, the facts as presented on this issue, then the House managers did a much better job. So, Alice, does this give, does this give Republicans the opportunity and cover now to vote to remove the already self-removed president? Since they did a, such a bad job, can they say now that these lawyers did such a poor job framing the case, framing the defense? Mm-hmm. That, like this guy said, if I'm a juror, which he is, then I can't, based on the case that they presented, I can't v- vote not to throw Trump out. Right. Um, I mean, I think they're still not going to. You know, you can make the case that it's possible constitutionally to impeach a president who's been out. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't think it gives the Republicans any benefit to vote to impeach Trump now at this point. What does it do for you if you're a Republican? Good question. OK, a uh, little housekeeping before uh, I hand it over to Mrs. Shattuck. Um, Jen Psaki today asked a question by a reporter. This is a question that Jen Psaki answered just fine. We had the acting attorney general ask all of the Trump appointed U.S. attorneys to mm-hmm. resign from their post. With the exception of two, the one mm-hmm. overseeing the beginnings of the Russia probe and the one overseeing Hunter Biden's tax probe. Can you comment on that? Uh, as you know, this has been commonplace among previous administrations, uh, and we look forward to working with the Senate to swiftly fill these openings in the coming weeks. The president has also made clear that he wants to restore the independence of the Department of Justice. So, right. Usually the incoming president whacks out the uh, other AGs of the uh, of the the previous president from mm-hmm. another party. It is something that always happens. That said, four years ago, in March of 2017, you had anchors, uh, you know, EMTs giving anchors chest compressions on uh, live TV when Trump did the same thing because it was uh, of breaking of norms. Incredible. He just fired them all. That's just a small, that's a small note, notebook note. Also, Pete Buttigieg uh, was asked about uh, the future of our roads. What's the biggest way that transportation has been permanently changed by the pandemic? It's too soon to know for sure, but I think... One thing before we go any further, I would hate for that to be my beat if I was that reporter. (laughs) I gotta ask road questions again. (laughs) Some bridges, mostly road questions. Maybe trains. Transportation. How's the transportation pandemic been? Is there a social justice... Uh, you know, argument to be made in transportation equity, sir. Oh, <laughs> kill me. It's safe to say that our old patterns of life, uh, the nine to five Monday through Friday commuting patterns, are not going to be exactly the same. Yeah, and so how might that change what your staff does? Uh, you know, we think trains, planes, and automobiles, but uh, uh, what about bikes, scooters, wheelchairs for that matter? Those are things you plan to pay more attention to. Absolutely, yeah. Look, roads aren't only for vehicles. We got to make sure that that pedestrians and individuals and bicyclists and businesses can all coexist on the same roadway. How perfect! How wonderful are Democrats? Destroy the jobs, destroy women's sports, make driving even more horrific than it is in every city and town we possibly can with federal guidelines and federal regulations. The interstate highway system is just not accessible yes. enough to wheelchairs currently. That's the main issue. Exactly, <laughs> and, and, and we're going to put uh, you know six hundred million traffic lights in every highway so that just to make it, just so you understand, you know, you're not totally liberated yet. Just you have to slow down. By the way, you know, did you hear that in our town? They're on each end of the town. They're thinking of putting um, crosswalks mm-hmm. with button lights. With button lights mm-hmm. to stop the flow of traffic on each end of the town on Main yeah. Street. This is this town that we are in right now. It has one street, and it's really Main Street. And it was just going too swimmingly that we have to <laughs> freaking. And of course, it's all the it's people from Wakefield and Melrose who are doing this. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Jesus. Um, one more thing, Alice. Yes. Uh, another jerk was another really good progressive saw another woman uh, in a store and uh. used the occasion 
to accost her because this is what really good progressives do. They look for reasons that they can push around women. If the person without the mask in this store was a six foot eight dude, wouldn't happen. But these guys, mm-hmm. progressive men, man, they they're love. very brave. Yes. So, cheese, you're in Costco, not wearing your mask, refusing to wear your mask. Yes. Call the police. And here's her mother. The mother is literally in like a lark scooter. She's 153 years old. And this guy's got them both on camera feeling very proud about himself. (laughs) Can you call your manager? Sorry? Can you call her your manager? Yes. Can I call my manager? For what? Wait, because what? Unless you're suggesting that this petite woman and this 143-year-old woman... (laughs) Are some kind of security risk to us? She also has a mask in her hand. Yes, she just hasn't put it on yet. He, she's killing people. He's, he's taking pictures of me because I haven't played with him. I haven't had a moment to put my mask on. You can put it on right now, ma'am. You're shaming me. I'm not going to do that for you. You should be ashamed. I'll do that. When you should I'm be ashamed. Ready. I'm going to make sure you, you feel ashamed. Jesus, what a jerk! What a total jerk! Oh man, it is it is wonderful though, and that's happened. Remember, remember outside in New Jersey, Alice, mm-hmm. when the guy asked you because we were we were parked in the wrong space or something. You were with the kids. Remember we? Were- oh, you parked. You put right. me in this situation because you parked in the green vehicle space. Right, and even though this guy wasn't in the green vehicle, he was just in a normal car. He saw I had gone to do something, walk a dog, grab a coffee. Yeah, I put- had like a yeah. And Alice was with the the kids this was a few years ago. And the guy saw that that car didn't appear to be a green car and walked up to her. And what did he say? Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know that it was an issue that we had parked in the green vehicle space. So. Big tough guy. There's a lady with her kids going to get to yell at her. It's excellent. Hey, so, what are you doing? The green, is that a green space? Well, nobody else was here. It doesn't really mean Yeah, no, you're not supposed to. It wasn't like it wasn't like a charging station for an electric vehicle or no. something. It was just like a handicapped spot for. But it wasn't a handicap spot. No, no, no. It was just saying, hey, if you're driving a green car, since you're being a good person, you get to be a little bit closer to the pizza Mm -hmm. place. Yeah. That kind of thing. So that is is my situation. I'm fine. I don't want to. I'm fine with Costco guy. Mm -hmm. Just remember there are happy things in the world. I'm not a cat. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Mark my words. It's always a guy yelling at a woman. It's not. there's just liberals that have this kind of weird anger. And like you said, he's not going to, if it was, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around in there without a mask, he wasn't about to go up to him. And so you should be ashamed. Like, uh, it, it's very transparent why they do it and why they enjoy it so much. But anyway, um, they can take that up with their therapist. I would like to offer congratulations, Thomas, to TJ Ducklow. Oh, uh... TJ Ducklow is dating um, the Axios uh, press pool reporter who reports on the Biden administration. That's impossible because he works for the administration. So that would be a conflict. Yeah, on the communications team, I believe. So um, she apparently, um, Politico is reporting this, that uh, she disclosed to her her boss, Axios, that she was dating TJ Ducklow in November... And they have continued to have her cover the Biden administration as an unbiased reporter. As there, <laughs> TJ Ducklow, and uh, you know they'll make a good uh, pair too. I think because she is probably a really good reporter. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very honest and forthright guy. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q and A with supporters? Brett, we are not going to engage. This is this is straight from the Trump campaign. But yeah, they're points. using and, it. And what it does, and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just from they're from, using from it. From they the talk pand- about it every day. Can you what? say yes or no? That's because they talk about it every day, Brett, because they don't have a coherent. Uh, well, you strategy. have an answer. Yes or no, Brett? They talk about it every day because they don't have a coherent argument for why Donald Trump deserves re-election, deserves four more years. We know that he lied to the American people. We know that he has not uh, shown leadership during this crisis, and they are desperate to throw anything they can against the wall to try to distract from that fact. I understand, but you can't answer the question. Brett, I am not going to allow the Trump campaign to funnel this. Thanks, TJ. Well, as long as his love life is intact. Yeah, Yeah, well, as... uh 
we can quote Alexi McCammond, who is the Axios reporter in question, uh, when she was on the podcast for the January 20th inauguration. She was on their panel podcast about that. And, you know, she really, I think, has a very clear eye on the Biden administration when she points out what we've seen from Biden is compassion and empathy and a focus on unity in a way we certainly haven't seen from President Trump. So there you go. That seems like a very normal thing for a news organization to be doing. Not only figuratively <laughs> in bed with the administration, but literally, uh, literally since November, she told her bosses in November that she was dating T.J. Ducklow, the deputy press secretary of the administration. So that seems excellent. No very fine whatsoever. and normal. Um, that's great. Congratulations to him. We could all use a little more love in our lives, I think. Um, in other news, I um, oh, there's also congratulations due to David Hog Hog Hog. Yes. I'm scared to say his name because I, I don't Hog Hog. David Hog um, has duck and hog. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's like an animal theme today. Mm-hmm. Then, so David Hog um, has started a company. He saw a niche in the market and he has stepped up to fill it. Uh, his website came out today. Washington Post profiled his amazing company. Uh, can you guess what he's making? I know what he's making because I saw the color TV. Mm-hmm. He's making pillows. Yes, the company it transpires is called Good Pillow, and the Good Pillow pillows. Um, their website is a uh, pretty sparse right now. It looks like it was made in the mid nineties. I would say. Roughly, I want a, um, uh, and a list of everybody who purchases a so good pillow. So there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no way to buy a good pillow yet because I assume there's no way to make a good pillow yet. He wants them to be union made, sustainable, and embrace all leftist causes. I assume higher trans people. I think that's so wonderful. <laughs> I want people to be going people. around w- using woke but horribly <laughs> discomfortable, uncomfortable uh, pillows. I am all for that. Their woke pillow. Uh, so woke pillow smiley face is the logo. They were soliciting a logo. They wanted a very high end graphic designer to make them a logo today for two hundred dollars in advance of their uh, Washington Post. Oh, they're gonna piece. get that's all the good graphic designers. <laughs> Go design logos uh, within a matter of hours for two hundred bucks. That's I think the going rate for very uh, high end graphic designers. So for now, you can join the wait list. To okay. get a good right. pillow. Or there's also the two buttons that you can pick on the website. Or you can join the wait list to get a pillow. Or you can um, uh, do a media request. Oh, let's get David <laughs> Hogg on. Maybe so, we'll get him on. So That's you excellent. can find out. You know, we'll get him and Lindell on and have him fight it out. So this is obviously a... Uh, this is a cute um, a retaliation yeah, or were... answer to Mike Lindell right. who's... Um, right. a little bit over enthused at the moment uh, <laughs> about the election being ripped off, but might end up in an exciting uh, turf war in Giza, Alice. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, the website's full of typos and emoji smiley faces, but um, that's it's goodpillow.co. Please, we, let's not talk anymore about. <laughs> okay, that, so if you need to reserve your good pillow. Goodpillow.co. Um, so, but you can you can also go read the Washington. Post feature, if you would like to do that. The Post that. was happy to give them some free ink today. Um, and speaking of the Post, they're now covering the uh, latest mess at the New York Times, which is, um, oh, it's drama, drama, drama at the New York Times, as usual, because there's a battle for the soul of the paper with the wokists uh, trying to destroy everybody. So in any case... Um, they hired. They whacked the guy McNeil, who's been in uh, the health. And yeah, education he's a reporter science for about reporter. Fifty years, uh, because it, during a discussion with some people on a field trip, where they were talking about uh, you know the use of the N word, he actually said the word in the discussion about the word, and even though it wasn't used as a pejorative or anything, right? He it, said it, like he just, some right so person he, he, said X Y Z. So he said it, and so now he has to be canceled. Um, and mm-hmm. he's done. And there's somebody else who's getting whacked. Oh, yeah, the person who is in charge of their podcast, the podcast genius, is gone, too, because he wrote endlessly um, about a reformed uh, ISIS person living in Canada, and the whole thing is false. So mm-hmm. uh, that is where we are yeah. on so, that. But, uh, yeah, Don McNeil, the science reporter with the N-word thing, I mean, there were also, apparently, he also scoffed at the idea of cultural appropriation. What do you got, James? What's happening? 
It's over. It's over. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I wanted to say more about that, but my husband's not letting me. We'll so do it tomorrow. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. First things tomorrow. Um, in any case, in the meantime, you can talk to us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Your husband isn't letting you. The kids are in duress, Alice. The poor kids are starving. <sighs> the children. Am I the only one who cares about children anymore? Mm-hmm. You know that they're our future, don't As you? As the person who was up with at 3 a.m. with children, I I'm not a cat. Take exception. You know, my goodness. <sighs> so, anyway. Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email at Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube videos. That's the Tom Shaddix Burn Barrel YouTube channel. Uh, you can like the videos, subscribe wherever you listen Uh-oh. to podcasts. Here we write go. Us now a it's review, really over. Do all the now good things. Really I know. Over. Now the real terrorist <laughs> has entered the room. Say la vie. Thanks, everybody. I'm not a cat. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.